Okay, let's pray. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for uh, your word. I do thank you for Passpoint and uh, just people who are bought into your mission uh, and just really sold out for what you're asking them to do. And uh, you just see it in their lives, uh, even when people aren't looking. And that's the sign of a true disciple is... Uh, people who are just doing it when nobody's looking. And so, Lord, I do pray you just bless um, those who are uh, just all about your business. And I pray you just bless your word today as we, coincidentally enough, uh, talk about some marriage stuff here and uh, that you would just get the honor and the glory, uh, that there wouldn't be any uh, kind of toes stepped on, but it would just be pretty black and white. Uh, and, Lord, that you get all the honor and the glory. Uh, and I pray for those who are out this week for different reasons and uh, just a lot of the needs that are going on. Uh, it's just a, a crazy time uh, to to be uh, about your business, Lord. But, uh, Lord, the, the adversary doesn't want us to be, and so he's you know, throwing curveballs and all these different things. So I do pray that you would just uh, give us a peace of mind and a calm uh, just to hear your word here for the next few hours while we're here at church. So I pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so we've got your Bibles open up 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I'm going to move very quickly here at first. Uh, I move very quickly just in general, but uh, here at first especially because I only got through uh, two verses last week. So I'm going to do a little review, um, and then we'll get into uh, from there. So 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, kind of known as the quote-unquote full counsel uh, of kind of marriage. There's a lot of other places. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, you know, there's some stuff in 1 Peter. There's, there's a lot of stuff about marriage in the Bible, but Paul, the Apostle Paul, has a lot to say uh, throughout this entire chapter. And so uh, Paul has a lot of things, and so just a few few things just so you guys can uh, know um, getting into this. So there's no title, there's no list. I told you guys that last week because there's just... It's very random, and so uh, it's just more about teaching verse by verse here, but we're going to do a flyover. Um, we're not getting in depth. We could spend weeks and weeks here, um, but this is more of a flyover. Um, you know, 37,000 feet, hey, that looks like a cornfield down there maybe. Uh, we're going we're gonna to see kind of what it's saying, and if you want to know more, um, come on the Saturday evenings coming up because we're going to be a little more... Um, candid, and we'll have a little more time. Uh, I can speak even a little more freely uh, there, and so uh, it'll, it'll be good. But uh, there is a lot of stuff had, so a lot of stuff said here. So First Corinthians chapter seven, the the book as a whole has been a rebuke of the the Corinthian church, and we don't find out until this point that the letter that Paul has written to the church at Corinth is in response to a letter they wrote him. And most people don't know that. They read it and they're like, man, Paul just must have heard some things and he's just like letting them have it. Well, they sent him a letter first asking some questions and it took him till chapter 7 to actually start to address the things that they asked because he's like, well, since you asked, I got some things I'd like to tell you first. And now that he's kind of got through some of that stuff, he's like, okay, here, I'll start answering some of your questions. So chapter 7 and chapter 8 are his responses uh, to those questions. And just so you kind of know. And so let's just jump right into it. I'm going to read the first nine verses and we'll move very quickly because there's a lot to be said. So now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. It's interesting that he has to say that. Anyway, uh, let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power over her body but the husband, and likewise also the husband hath not power over her own body but the wife. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time that ye may give yourselves uh, to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt ye not for your incontinency. But I speak this by permission and not by commandment. I would that all men were even as I myself, but every man uh, hath his proper uh, gift of God, one after this manner, one after that, and another after that. I say therefore to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I, but if they cannot contain, let them marry for it is better 
to marry than to burn. So quick context, because there were only a few people here last week, and I'm guessing you all didn't go back and catch the recording. So um, anyway, uh, Paul is at this point in his life single. So when he's talking about it is better if they were as I. He is single at this point in his life. We also know that at some point in Paul's life, he was not single. So he's lived on both sides of this thing. How do we know that? Well, you can go back and do some studies. Paul was, before he was a Christian, a member of the Sanhedrin. Uh, one of the requirements to do that was to be married. So, I mean, that's the easy answer to your question. Um, so anyway, there's other things that we can look at, but just for time's sake, he was at one point married. I'm guessing that, you know, since Paul is uh, living a godly lifestyle, he either um, is widowed or was divorced before he got saved. One or the other. I don't know. So we don't know these things. It doesn't say. We'll find out when we get there. Like, just put that on your list of I'll ask when I get there. You all should have a list because there's lots of questions. Like, you really should have questions. Like, I've got a list. Like, I'm definitely going to figure this out when I get there Um, because I'm sure that's what's going to be on the forefront of my mind when Jesus is in front of me is, like, the questions that I had. Probably not. But, yeah, hey, I'm really interested in the marriage supper of the Lamb, but real quick, could you answer my questions? (laughs) I don't think it's going to go like that. But, anyway, uh, so... Paul, he, uh, he has been on both sides of this. He is single at this point. So when he says it's better if they would be as I am, he's talking about staying single. Okay, so another thing to notice, and I said this last week, but he, uh, a lot of times through this chapter, he says, I speak this of authority or this is from God. So there's different times that he'll say, hey, this is from me and uh, the things that I've learned throughout my life and, you know, being an apostle. Uh, and then there's also things that he's like, this is directly from God. It's not really a if you you know, want to listen to me or not kind of thing. And he's very clear as he says these certain things, and we'll go into some of that as we go through it. But he's, he's very clear throughout this that I speak this with authority and I, this comes from God. Here's an example of that. Go to uh, um, go to verse 10 really quick. This is an example. Of that. He says, And unto the married I command, yet not I but the Lord. He's like, this is directly from God. So he, he's very clear when he divides this thing up because a lot of times people have a lot of opinions about marriage, but, um, well, anyway. So, okay, uh, verse 1. So he says, Now concerning the things where you wrote to me, it is good for me not to touch a woman. So what was the question they asked? The question being asked was this, is it okay for someone in the church to stay single? And the reason that they would have asked a question like this is because they were Jewish descent for the most part. But then they're also Gentiles because this is the church now and they're all blended up. And the Jews are like, oh, we're holy because we're married and this is how we're supposed to be. Go back and listen to what Mitch taught a few weeks ago when I was uh, gone and he talked a lot about this. And then the Gentiles are like, but do we really have to be married? And so he's very, Paul's just like, okay, you're trying to like puff yourself up by saying I'm married and these people over here aren't. They really, if they wanted to be holy, they would uh, they would get married because there's a picture of Christ in the church there. And if you really wanted to be holy, you would have that in your life and blah blah blah. And so he's like, uh, to answer your question, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, right? But then he goes on to say in verse 2, Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, because I know how you all are, and uh, you seem to like to you know, uh, do that, uh, let every man have his own wife, and let everyone have her own husband. So, verse 2, uh, fornication. It's any sexual sin outside of marriage. Paul says the best and easiest way to avoid fornication is what? To be married. Well, that sounds pretty easy. Be married, and I won't be in fornication. Okay, well, uh, that sounds easy enough. But, you know, Proverbs uh, 5, go, verse 18 and 19, go back and uh, look at it if you want to. We talked about this last week. But uh, it says that, you know, you should be satisfied. Not just avoiding for You should be satisfied with the wife of thy youth. Okay? Uh, it should be what you're longing for. The problems with this basic logic of, well, if I just get married, then I will avoid fornication. Well, uh, the heart issue is not addressed if you're just getting married so you can 
not be in sin anymore, right? Uh, Adulterer, I'm sorry, fornication turns into adultery. The same sin turns into adultery if you do that on the other side of marriage. So uh, fornication just simply turns into adultery if you don't address the heart issue. So, you know, the I'm just going to get married so I'm no longer in sin. Well, guess what? Like, if you don't address the heart issue, you know, that over the, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence to you. And then that doesn't turn out so well, I'm just saying. So if you're single, we talked about this last week, be picky. Don't rush this. Yes, you want to be avoiding fornication, Right? And you'll pick up what I'm saying here. But is that the person that you really want to avoid fornication with for the rest of your life? Because, you know, it's not just for a little bit. And uh, Be picky. Uh, make sure that that's the person that you want to be with forever. Uh, just because you want to, this isn't a try it before you buy it kind of thing. That's not how we do this. So, uh, yes, it is better to be married to avoid fornication. But is that the person that you want to avoid fornication with forever? I referenced uh, Brian Clark's list of uh, of. Uh, uh, requirements for his daughters uh, to f- to find a husband. You should look this up. It's really good. But one of them is uh, you should be attracted to them. And obviously you're like, well, that's not holy. That's not godly. But uh, he makes a really good point. This is the person that you're going to sleep with for the rest of your life. You probably would want to be a little bit attracted to them. There's a whole, he's got like a list of nine things and it's really good. So, uh, and if you don't agree with it, uh, it was Brian, not me that said it. So anyway, uh, it, it's really good though. Uh, anyway, there's a lot of things that go into it. So, uh, Go back to last week. There was a lot of things I said about this. But uh, he also says uh, your own wife and your own husband. It's interesting that he has to say that. He says, uh, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. If you go back to Proverbs chapter 5 again, it's also a reference to that. He says, uh, drink waters from thine own well, right? Uh, Not your neighbor's well, right? Uh, Guess what? If you understand how water works, it all comes from the same line. So uh, just drink water at home. You'll be better off uh, if you're picking up what I'm throwing down. So uh, just uh, God gave you this one. Stick with it. Um, So anyway, there's a lot I said last week about that, but I'm going to move on because you can go back and listen to it if you really want to get into it. So verse 3. Because this is where it gets like, okay, what is he saying? Well, let's just talk about this for a minute. Verse 3. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence. Guys are like, okay, I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. And likewise, also the wife unto the husband. Okay, I've heard this taught a lot of different ways, right? I definitely have heard this taught like, uh, and that they've all been true. Okay, but let's just break it down. Sometimes if you want to understand something, look at the words. Like sometimes we can't see the forest from the trees. Like, you just like, I don't know, all I see is trees. Well, it's because you're in the middle of, you don't see the bigger picture here, okay? So what does it mean? What Do benevolence. Let's just, what does that mean? So what does the word do mean? D-U-E. Yeah, it's like, uh, it is now. Like, you, you, it, my, my mortgage payment doesn't say, you know, you can send it when you want to or when you get around to it. Or like, when I send an invoice out, I, my, my, my goal is like for people to be like, oh, so the work is done and now it's time to pay. Not, well, okay, I've, you know, when I get around to it, like that's never the goal. It's nothing worse than chasing money, right? And so praise the Lord, I've never had to do that, but it's just nothing worse than like, you have to like, hey, did, did you get the invoice? And like, it's just really awkward. And anyway, so do means now. So not when you're ready, not when there's time. It is it is due. It is now, right? Okay, so now. And what does benevolence mean? This is a big, fancy King James word that nobody really understands, right? Benevolence. Okay, I'll just tell you because you're, you know, it means kindness. If you look it up, the word benevolence breaks down to the word kindness. Kindness. Kindness now. Due benevolence means kindness now. 
okay, so what in the world does that have anything to do with marriage? Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Okay, well, let's just look at it piece by piece then. Because he doesn't say, hey, married folk, render due benevolence. He makes sure to divide it up. He says, husband, render due benevolence to your wife, and wife, render due benevolence to your husband. And everybody's like, oh, he's talking about sex. Not till the next verse he's not. Um, just in case you were wondering. Uh, I'm just like, what does this look like? How does the husband render this to the wife? Flip over to 1 Peter chapter 3. This isn't the only way, but like I said, this is a flyover. And so, you want to know more, we'll get together uh, on Saturdays coming up, and we'll talk about this. But First uh, Peter chapter 3, you've heard this verse a whole lot of times, verse 7. That's not where I'm at. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. I'll wait till you get there, it's good. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Dwell. Dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together in the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. People like, we, men, we just forget the last part of that verse. We're like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to know a lot about my wife. Well, the Word of God says that if you don't learn her, your prayers are hindered. Now, you ever pray for something? Like, hey, I would, you know... Really like the winning Mega Millions ticket. No, that's, don't pray for that. That's dumb. But like, hey, I, I really want like God to, you know, bless my marriage. I want him to like bless my kids, I, you know, my, my ministry, all these different things. Hopefully you're praying, right? Uh, if you're not learning your wife, dwelling with your wife according to knowledge, your prayers are hindered. That's just what it says. Anyway, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I'm just letting you know. Let's just like put that in your back pocket for later. Uh, Learn her. You want to know how you render due benevolence to your wife, men? I'm talking to the guys right now, and the ladies are like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you here? Uh, we'll get there, ladies. Uh, learn her. Learn how to love your wife. Well, I love my wife. I told her I love her when I married her, right? You know, I, I do all the things she wants me to do, except for the things I don't want to do, right? Learn how to love your wife. Just because you love your wife the way that you want to love her doesn't mean you're loving her the way that she wants to be loved. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand. Like, I've heard this plenty of times, okay? So, learn her. So, okay, here's, here's just... Let's just see how this goes. Mitch. You'll be a good example of this. Let's use Mitch and Joe. No, I'll use anybody. But I just, okay, so... Uh, your uh, your work pistol. How many rounds does it hold? Fifteen plus one. Fifteen plus one. Like how many can you shoot in a certain amount of time? I shoot a lot. <laughs> Forty-five with me. Yeah. Right. And, and like you you know all of these things very quickly, right? You, you know like what what are the what are the protocols if you actually have to shoot your gun at work? Yeah. Exactly. Like you know a lot of things because you've had to learn them for your right. job, right? Uh, what's your wife's favorite color? The rainbow. <laughs> what's, your, wait, what's your wife's biggest insecurity? Don't answer that. Like, what, what is what, what is it that your wife desires most out of you? All of these kinds of things, right? What? Yeah. The the point here is like, and I'll, I could do this along around the room, but I'm I'm not going to. I knew you would do well, so I didn't want to get anybody in trouble here. But the the point here is like, guys, I understand. We got to know a lot of things for our jobs, right? We just do. There's a lot of things for the line of work that we're in, and we're all in different things, you have to know. It's just part of what you do. If you don't know what you're doing, um, well, guess what? We'll find somebody else to do it. You, you just have to. 
And so... On that analogy, not to interrupt you, but we do have guys on contract that have been on contract for 15 years, and the only time the pistol leaves their holster is when they go to the range for work. So they'll pull it out, and there'll be something broken yeah. that they didn't even know about, and it's filthy, mm-hmm. and the sights are rusty because they, have, they don't take it out of the holster. And right. I mean, I could, I could, I could take that analogy farther on how you should, uh, but we're not going to do that right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes maybe you ought to. Never mind. I'm not even going to. It's a Sunday morning. You can't say things like that. Uh, the the point here is, guys, you you have to know things about your job. You just do, right? You're taking an engine apart. Uh, you're building a house. Whatever it is that you do, like you have to know things. You just do. But why is it that the things that you have to know for your job are not the same as the things that you really need to know about your wife. You're like, well, I know the things about her. Like, what is it that like? What is it that your wife likes? Like, she likes it when you what? Wear a suit, pick a favorite movie. Like, there's a song about that, right? All the different things. Like, what is it that your wife likes? Do you have you learned her? It says dwell with her according to knowledge. It doesn't mean like you live in the same house together. You, according to knowledge, means like, what are the things that she likes? She likes it when you actually, you know, help out, when you actually are a part of what's going on, and all these different things. And that is, like, again, we could spend weeks here, guys. This is a flyover. But I'm just telling you, you want to render unto your wife due benevolence, it has nothing to do with clothes. Uh, It has a lot to do with learning her. Dwell with her according to knowledge. You want to render unto your wife due benevolence. Learn her. Learn what it is that makes her tick or purr or whatever else it is. Right? I, I don't know. It's just... it. <laughs> There's going to be so much. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. I'm just... No, it's all good. I just... Okay, we got we to gotta move on. We got to move on. But that's the point. Like, the, the number one way. I could give you a list of 15 things. The number one way... To render unto your wife due benevolence is learn her. Dwell with her according to knowledge. Right? That's just part of it. And if you're single in here and you're like, well, that doesn't sound like very much fun, then be like Paul was and don't get married. I guess he gives you both options here. Anyway, moving on. What does it look like for the wife? It says, likewise, the wife also rendered due benevolence to her husband. And her husband's like, see, you're supposed to. No, that's not what that means. (laughs) Totally separate things here. Right? Totally separate things. So what does it look like for a wife to render due benevolence, kindness now to her husband? Flip over to Ephesians chapter 5. Really good example right here. So I'm picking like the biggest, like the number one thing. You guys should have been able to teach this to me. Right? Uh, It's very easy for us to know as men that your wife needs you to know her. And how do you know her? You listen. You learn by listening. Like you don't learn your wife by reading a book about somebody else's wife. It just doesn't work. You learn your wife by listening to her. Okay, so same thing. Men, what is it that we desire other than sex, right? What is, what is the number one thing that we're going to need? This is what we're talking about here. Ephesians is apparently not in my Bible anymore. No, it's right here. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5. There's a lot of things that it says here. It says all these different things. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. It goes all this. But here's what I want to get to. Go down to verse 33. It says, Nevertheless, he gives this whole dissertation on marriage. Wives, you should do this. Husbands, you should do this. Blah, blah, blah. Boils it down to this. 
Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular, so love his wife even as himself. So guys, you basically need to be able to give your life for her. And the wife, see that she reverence her husband. You want to render due benevolence to your husband? Reverence him. What does that mean? It, reverence him. Not taking slight jabs. No, you're right. No, you're, you're very right. Not... Not taking... <laughs> not, no, I'm getting there. I'm sorry. All the different, like, reverence. No, you were, you're exactly right. Reverence. What, is, what does the word reverence mean, Abby? It, it means, if you look it up, it means a deep respect. Not a surface level, superficial, yeah, I respect you. Yeah, I respect your authority in our home. I don't think you're very good at it. I think I could do better. Not, not that. It is a deep respect. Have a genuine, deep respect for your husband. You want to render due benevolence to your husband? You want him to like, yes, learn me. That's what I'm saying, right? Okay, well, do your part, and he should do his part, right? You each should, but don't expect the other one to. Like, don't hold like, well, I will if he does, and I will if she does. It doesn't work like that. I'm just, <laughs> you, you'll be like chasing, you'll be chasing yourself for a long time. The point is, like, do your part. Okay, so have a genuine, deep respect for your husband. That's what, a guy, that's what guys want. Obviously, yes, we're after physical things, but I'm just telling you, uh, those things don't mean anything if there's no respect, there's no reverence behind it. Right, Paul boils it all down. He's like, hey, love her like you would do anything for her and love him like you have such a respect for him, you know, other than, like, save the Lord, he is everything. Like, that is what marriage boils down to. Like I told you, this is a flyover, very flyover-ish right here. We'll get in-depth and you know, when I have more time. But anyway, so that's what due benevolence means. It could mean a lot of things, but I'm just giving you the most basic start there. Like, you want to know? Start there. Okay, so it goes on to say in verse 4 and 5. That's not in this chapter, though. We're going to have to hold the phone for a minute and back up. First Corinthians chapter 7. Verse 4, the wife hath not power over her own body, but the husband. And likewise, also the husband hath not power over his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt ye not for your incontinency. So what is he talking about here? Like, you know, he's talking about like, uh, you know, defraud yourself like dinner. Like, hey, don't be defrauding uh, dinner from each other. Or, you know, uh, he's... Black and white, verse 4 and 5, he is talking about sex. He is talking about intimacy in the marriage. Like, when you're talking doctrine, there's a lot of things that you can take inspirationally from this, but, uh, and I'm not going to get graphic here. Um, we'll be very black and white uh, when I have a little more liberty, but uh, he's, he's talking about um, sex inside the confines of a marriage here. Okay? So, what is, what is he talking about? So, explain what he's talking about. So, verse 4, the wife hath not power over her own body. Okay, the husband hath not power over his own body. So when we're talking about intimacy, and we're not going to get graphic here, but the point here is if his only concern is her pleasure and her only concern as, as you come together is his pleasure, it's a much more pleasurable experience. But when we come to it with these are the things that I need out of this and these are the things that I need out of this, it's a very broken picture. Uh, it's very... Um, 
well, for Sunday morning, it's very broken. We'll just say that. Um, huh? It is corrupted, right? And so uh, what the picture here is it's not about you. It's about him. And it's not about you. It's about her. And that's the picture of what he's trying to say here. Uh, it also shows a picture, a very good picture of this when we're talking about verse 4 of what we just talked about in chapter 3, right? You want to talk about this inspirationally because that's probably what we should hit this on in Sunday morning church uh, is uh, chapter three or verse 3. Verse three. He, he's, he's take it back and reference into that. Um, you want your wife to render under you due benevolence? Well, then make sure that your only concern is rendering under her due benevolence. Focus there. Right? Give it all to there. And then guess what? She'll have no choice other than to... Like it's, it's, it goes back to, like, it's really hard to be mad at somebody who only wants to serve you. It is. It's really hard to be angry and mean and bitter to somebody who only wants to serve you. Who only wants to... Yeah, you're probably right. Right? Well, that's... I want to argue. Well, yeah, you're probably right. You know? Sometimes the, the, the soft answer turneth away wrath. Proverbs is very clear about that. I'm just saying, like, you want to know how the do benevolence thing works? There's a picture of it in verse 4. Don't be concerned about you. Be concerned about them only. Don't be concerned about you. Be concerned about him only. I'm just, like, that's a really good way of how that thing will start to work. Like, we understand. This is the picture. This is what it should look like. When it works great... She's giving everything to him. He's giving everything to her. Man, that's like a well-oiled machine here. I, I see in the book how it's supposed to work. But here it is in front of me, and I don't know how to make this thing start, right? It's like getting a new piece of equipment. We, we, we witnessed this this week. Uh, we, the, the person we're building a home for uh, got this really, it's not brand new, but it might as well be brand new skid steer. And they delivered it to him, and these people are like, he knows everything about what this skid steer will do, but he has no idea how to do any of it. And so the guy who delivered it was like having to show him everything about this thing. And it's like, okay, man, this is great. I know how to make it work. And then the guy leaves, and he's like, I don't know how to make it start, right? <laughs> I can see in the book how this marriage thing should work. But here it is, black and white, we're at home, and things aren't great. Like, I understand that's what it needs to look like. How do you make it start? Uh, you make it start by you doing your part only. You know, you want to make the wheel start turning? Do your part. And do your part and do your part and do your part. And eventually, your not-head husband will maybe catch the drift. I'm not going to say you're not I'm just saying usually it's the husband. will catch the drift and go ahead and do his part. And all of a sudden, it's starting to look like something. It starts by you doing your part. Well, what about them? Well, I'm, we're not talking about them right now. At the end of the day, even if they never do their part, wouldn't it be good just to, like, I don't know, have God look at you and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Uh, your spouse never figured it out, but you did your part. Like, I hope that's not what I have to hear, but, like, you know, none of us hope that's what we hear, but I would rather hear that than, well, she didn't do her part, so I never did mine, and just do what pleases the Lord. i got to keep moving. It's a good picture of that in, in verse 3. So, uh, this verse is not implying, really quick, I need to say this, because there was something said at the, the marriage retreat last year uh, when they split the guys and the girls up, which just so you know, uh, the marriage thing that we do, we will not be splitting the guys and the girls up because I don't like that. Um, it, it's a marriage. Uh, you don't figure marriage out by splitting up. You figure marriage out by uh, doing it together. You're one flesh. 
That's just my take on it. I have nothing against anybody else who does it differently, but that's not how we're going to do it. We're not going to be like, hey, ladies, go hear from Paige, and hey, guys, hear from me. If there's anything that I need to say to the guys, the ladies probably ought to hear it. And there's anything that need, the ladies need to hear, I'm just going to say it. And you're going to be like, you shouldn't say that to me. Well, guess what? Your husband was there, and so you had a covering, and so I'm going to say it. Like, that's just like, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Like, So anyway, there were some things that were said, and I just want to like address this at least to pass point. So this verse, when it says that... Uh, you know, you should uh, defraud yourself, not one for another. And, you know, you, it, it says that uh, he has, has, hath not power over her own body. And, uh, you know, the guys are like, see, it means you should be available. Okay, so really quick. This doesn't mean that you should be, quote, unquote, available. That's Sunday morning talk for you know what. Like, you need to be available anytime, no matter what. Because that's what the Bible says. You need to be available. That's not what that says um, at all. Now, there's a lot to be said, and we will address all of this. But what I am saying is uh, there was something said to the ladies that, you know, basically uh, said, if, you, if, if your husband's not getting it from you, he's going to get it from somewhere. And I was like, dang. Uh, I understand a guy's need for physical things is, is very strong, and a woman will never completely understand that. But I am saying that if he ever wanders, that is not your fault. That like puts a huge weight on a wife's shoulders to say, well, if I'm not available, then it's my fault that he went somewhere. Absolutely not. Um, men, you need to be ready to uh, never, ever have any like that again and be okay with it and be content with what God has given you. Um, so don't. Uh, that doesn't mean you need to be available. Now, I'm saying if, there, if, if your reason for not being available is because he didn't do the things that you wanted him to do, okay, well, then there's issues there. But what I am saying, I just need to address that, and I was waiting for the proper time to address that. Um, that's not what that means. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll address this much further at a different time. It, it would be like at work, guys, because I, I know this is how my brain works. Having these unnecessary expectations on you, like, hey, uh, you need to, you know, whatever you do. Like, so Caleb, he's, he's a lineman, right? He, or you work on substations now. But anyway, it would be like, hey, uh, you need to be here, like, and we're going to work 18-hour days for here on out. And you need to have all this done all the time. And if I call you on your six hours that you're not working, you need to be here right now. You need to be here within, like, 15 minutes. And, like, all of a sudden, it's just like, that is, like, and that is that is way too much expectation out of me. Like I, I can't, I, one person can't hold that much weight. It's the same thing that when a guy puts that kind of expectation on his wife. Like it, that's not how this works. That's not the context here at all. And anybody that you hear from that's like, yeah, it is, have them come talk to me, right? Uh, I'll introduce them to, as if Mike Blake would say, the the bumper of my truck. Um, <laughs> Because uh, that's definitely not the case here. And so, like, actually, I think Mike Blake said I'll introduce his face into the bumper of my truck. But anyway, that's not really me. Yeah, it's, it was definitely a Mike Blake thing to say. Obviously, it's not something I would say. But anyway, it, that's not the context here. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it absolutely does. But too often, uh, men, and in this sense, will take... Well, ladies do it in other passages, but... They're like, see, you need to be, and if you're not, then you're not fulfilling. And it's like, all of a sudden, it's like some huge weight. And so it's just messed up. And so uh, along that line, uh, if that's what you're wanting, guys, uh, them being quote-unquote there doesn't mean that they're quote-unquote there. So what's the point? You know, it's, it's just not. So anyway, back, so back to the actual context here. Uh, it's all about his needs and her needs. 
Your goal, men, should be her needs. And your goal, ladies, should be his needs. And so if that's always your focus, the wheel's already turning and it's it makes sense. Stop looking at it like the instructions are in like Japanese and you're like, I don't know how to make it start. Start by doing your part. Like that's the only way to start. Okay, so verse five, uh, with everything said from verse four, uh, this needs to be said as well because it says, defraud ye not one from another except to be consent for a time. Um, that you give yourselves into fasting and prayer and come together, that Satan not tempt you. So what he's saying is uh, it's okay to have a set amount of time where it's like, hey, we're not going to do that because we're so focused on this that we're just going to dedicate our minds, everything to that. Okay, so really quick, this needs to be said. Sex is not a bargaining chip. And so it shouldn't have to be said. Don't take something that is designed to be holy and a perfect picture and make it worthless, right? And so uh, I will also say this. If you are, quote-unquote, apart for too long, Satan will tempt you. It doesn't mean you have to take it, but he will tempt you. If you track down fasting and prayer, it's directly connected to Jesus casting out devils. <laughs> yes. There's, there's a reason. Like, there's a reason it's said, do it for a time. There's a holy way to do this, but it's not like a, you know, when it's convenient. Like, okay, if... If intimacy only happens when it's convenient, you might as well just be like, uh, all right, so the kids are, what, like three? So we've got uh, 15 years, and it'll be convenient again. Like, it doesn't work like that. It's not, uh, things like that are not convenient. Okay, so you have to, it has to be a point. It has to be something that, like, your relationship was there before kids were there. Um, and it's going to be there after the kids are there. And so too many times you hear about people who, like, they're empty nesters. And like, I don't even know who my wife is. Well, that's because you were worshiping your kid the entire time, right? Now, I understand your kids need to be super important in your life, but do things together. Anyway, there's a lot to be said. There's a lot that will be said. Um, anyway, he, he goes on to say really quickly, and I, there's, you know, he just says in verse uh, 6, but I speak this by permission and not a commandment. Uh, for I would that all men were as myself, but every man hath has proper gift of God, one after this, another after that. I say, uh, therefore, to the unmarried, uh, it is good for them to abide even as I, but if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. What he's saying is, if you're single, you'd be best off staying single, because there's just a lot that goes into being married. But if it's going to cause you to step into fornication, uh, you'd be better off finding a good godly husband or wife and living together with them because it's better than that to burn, than to burn, right? So basically what he's saying is you'd be better off staying single, but it's not that easy sometimes. So he's, he's using his, his self as an example. There's not a lot to be said there other than I'm just saying like single people, unless you just have to be married, it, there's a lot of good that goes into being single. You can get a lot of things done, but he says it's better to be married than to burn. So if it's something that you desire, then you probably should find a spouse. Anyway, a lot to be said. Sorry we went over. Let's pray. We'll get going. Um, we'll move on in the chapter next week. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. Thank you for being good to us. pray you just bless your word. Uh, as Pastor Brian preaches it today, he would just preach boldly. I uh, pray that you would just get all the honor uh, and the glory, Lord, um, from uh, the things that we talked about today. And uh, there's a lot of things that need to be said. And, and Lord, I pray that you would just... Uh, not be the author of confusion, but things would be uh, clear and concise. And so, uh, Lord, I do thank you for uh, just giving me the things uh, to say and that you would just get the honor and the glory for it. I pray you just use uh, us this week as lights in a dark world. I pray this all in Christ's name. Amen.